In the law of one, Ra talks about Jesus. Jesus was a wanderer who came from the highest octave of the fourth density, that of love. We're in the third, that of choice. Jesus came back here to show humans a pathway for salvation to become one with the creator, to learn the lessons by showing an example of true love and light. Ra also says Jesus, when he was very young, had an altercation with another child on a playground, touched him and harmed him fatally. At this point, Jesus realized he had magical powers that he didn't know where they came from. And he learned a lesson that he didn't want to do that to anyone else again. And so he had to learn to contain his powers and control them in a positive, loving way. But Jesus killed someone. Whoa, that's the headline, right? One. Welcome back <laughs> to another episode, guys. Uh, it's Jacob, and we're here with Uche, and we're going to talk about Jesus. Is he God? Is he a man? Is he in between? Are we all <laughs> gods? Are we all men? What is happening? Let's get into it. Thank so who so is Jesus to you, Uche? Uh, that is a very heavily loaded question, man. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of unorthodox opinions on who Jesus is that could possibly piss up a lot piss off a lot of people especially christians um but jesus as you all know the christian definition is the son of god and also the messiah the one who was sent by god um to show us the way and through jesus only through jesus we can be saved to be one with god and surprisingly to a lot of christians who don't you know I don't identify as Christian, obviously, um, but to a lot of Christians who think of me as the Antichrist, surprisingly, they, they actually get surprised when I say that I actually believe in that. I actually, I think it's true. I really do think it is true. But the disparity in our understanding is more so when I start to explain what I think of Jesus, how my image of Jesus differs from the general Christian image of Jesus that's when the issue arises, And I even like to further push this to a lot of Christians and say that a lot of people who worship Jesus today, y'all be the same people that would kill Jesus if he was here today. Ooh. Yes. And we're going to get into that for sure. <laughs> so to start this off, I would say me and you are both on the same level of we want to unite people. We don't want to stir up the division. There's too many other sources doing that right now. So in three words... How is Jesus the same to you versus the average Christian? How do you how do you guys both see Jesus the same way? I see Jesus as a human being. I think Jesus was a man. Now, I'm not asking the differences. I'm asking the how do you see him the same way? I'm getting to that answer, right? I think Jesus is a man, but Jesus is a representation of what humans can be when we balance out without distortion. That's why he came to show us the way. And when you are in balance, one with God at all times, you are God. The I am, that I am, speaks through you. And by default, you are God. So yes, Jesus will be the son of God, not just the son of God. He is God by being one with God. That's why he referred to himself as God. And he said, I and my father are one. But that only manifests itself when you are at balance one with God, if that makes sense, which you can do as well. So this is this is where a lot of um, a lot of Christians, 
I lose a lot of Christians. When I explain to them, Jesus is a man just like me and you. There's really no difference. Jesus did not achieve anything that is impossible for you to achieve. It, you probably wouldn't achieve it, but it's not impossible for you to achieve what Jesus has achieved. It's not impossible for you to heal just like Jesus healed. It's not impossible for you to walk on water just like Jesus walked on water. All of that. But the reason why Jesus was able to achieve, um, um, achieve all of those miraculous things is because he was able to tap into oneness to God, something deeper, that higher vibration. He operated at his highest vibration, the highest vibration that a human in this density needs to operate to be one with God, which you can do as well. And the way he was able to achieve that is by fighting the distortion, the collective distortion that the world is plagued with, which you too can also fight which is why he was able to vibrate at a much, much higher frequency. So, yes, on a surface level, he's human, just like you and I. He eats, he defecates, just like me and, me and you. Even there are certain things in the Bible that kind of indicates that, you know, he is also human, like when he cried. There's a verse in the Bible that says Jesus cried, Jesus wept. I think also when he performed the miracle where he turned water into wine, something along that line, Mary, his mother, wanted him to perform the miracle, and he didn't want to do it at first. I think there's like a little, I don't want to say altercation or argument, but that's not what he wanted to do at that moment. That's a human quality, but it's like, uh, I guess I'll do it for my mom. Sort of mm -hmm. like when um, one of those uncles come to visit and your mom tells you, hey, Jacob, come from your room and from pl playing video games and say hi to your, your uncles. You're like, oh, I really don't want to do this, but yeah, I love my mom and I, I guess I'll do it. That's a human quality. There's even a part where Jesus um, kind of had like cold feet in a way right before he got arrested uh, and he prayed, Father, if it is your will, let this cup pass me by. That is a human uh, quality. Like before you're about to do something big, let's say you're about to talk to an audience of people, an auditorium, uh, you get very uh, engulfed with anxiety. You're about to talk to a uh, group of people and all of a sudden you're carried away by anxiety, performance anxiety, and all of a sudden you're getting cold feet. You know, that is human. You're getting a little bit of a, a little anxious, a little fearful, you know what I mean, of what people may think and things like that. Or in his case, he was able to see, he knew that what was coming was dark. It was going to be painful, very, very brutally painful. And that kind of jerked him up emotionally a little bit, like a little tiny anxiety even i go through it to a certain extent but there's always a voice inside of me that tells you uche you got it this i brought you into this world for this i have prepared you with everything you need to do he went through that as well the difference is that jesus operated on that highest i think that this is the balance for example that equilibrium that i've always talked about if you've been following me since day one which thank you by the way i've always talked about that your existence as a human being is body, mind, and soul. And success is balanced at all three of them. That balance, imagine it's a straight line right here. It's a straight line. Most people are right here. Jesus is the only human being, in my opinion, that probably operated closest to that balance. I don't think Jesus was at an equilibrium at all times, from birth to you know his passing or ascension, if you believe he ascended. I don't think he was 100% balance matter of fact i think at his beginning stages in life which we'll get into i think he was completely off right but we'll get into that in a bit he was the only one who was able to get that 
the closer you are to that vibration, the more you tap into the oneness of all, the more you see everything, the more you're able to heal, the more you're able to make an impact, the more you're able to navigate and, and, and draw positive energy towards you. And the more that negative energy or the ego notices you as well, and the more it gives you resistance because it knows what you're doing, you're unifying. And I think Jesus understood at a really young age that that was his purpose, why God has brought him into this world. And he remained on that vibration no matter whatever temptation that um, the ego brought to him. But yes, my point is Jesus is a human being just like me and you, but he was able to operate at a higher vibration that you too can operate on if you follow the same principles that he brought. Hence why he said, um, if you do what I say, you will go to heaven or something along that line. Like if you follow what I do, you too can operate on that level as well. Because at the end of the day, just like he said to, I think the Pharisees or the Ju Judas priests or whatever it is that were calling them blasphemous for um, regard, regarding himself as the son of God. He said, are we not all the children of God? Then why am yep. I different? Exactly. I think of it similarly in a way, right, Uche? It's like when you're born from your mother and your father, you are your own individual entity. However you come from them, they are in you. You are a part of them. You are your parents. Your parents are you in a way. Same thing with God and us as his children. We come from God through the evolution timeline of all species getting to us humans now. And God is us. Like we are God and we are a part of God, if that makes any sense. And the same thing can be said of Jesus. Like Jesus was the son of God. He came back to show us a pathway to be like with the creator, to experience that love, to show that light to everyone here on earth. Um, and so... What I think Christians subconsciously do that might hurt their own self-worth is put Jesus on this pedestal of, I will never be like him. I am unworthy to be like him. When in reality, you have the capability to get to that level. You're just not there yet. So how do you get there? If you never think you can get there, you won't try. You have to have the belief that you can get there. And so I guess that's why we're here having this conversation. Do you think you can believe that you can perform miracles, that you can show other people love and light, uh, have conversations with people where they go, whoa, I never thought of it like that way before. Do you have any of those instances in your life, Uche? Of course. But going back to what I, um, before I answer the whole miracle thing, going back to what you just said, um, it's so sad. Uh, a lot of people, especially Christians, but not just Christians, are guilty of this. A lot of people perceive God as a separate entity from them. They think that God is an external being outside of them, and they're not worthy of God. And in order for them to be worthy of God, they have to conjure Jesus in. And some, in some faith, I think uh, Catholic Church, they go through Mary. <laughs> before they can get to Jesus. <laughs> it's very laughable to me. I'm, I don't mean to um, offend anyone, but it's just really, it sounds silly in my head. But anyway, they have to pray to Jesus to come, and through Jesus, Jesus can give them the permission to be worthy of God. <laughs> it's yeah. hilarious to me. But I believe that God is within. God is inside of you. God is 
already inside of you and you don't need the only the only way you can get to God is through yourself right and when you operate on your higher vibration like Jesus you can go through yourself to get to God this is why he said no one can get to God but through me but the me that he was talking about is the me that is me and you and you and me that oneness when you have that portal every single human being has that portal inside of you every single person that is born into this world you have the portal to cave into yourself to be one with god and you can only go through yourself to get to god the point is not for you to worship jesus and put him on a pedestal because you're worshiping a man and putting a man on a pedestal thinking that they are god when in reality you can do the same thing by yourself this is why he said that your righteousness is as filthy rags what you think is righteous you're actually doing it wrong do you understand what i'm saying this is also why he said watch the children the kingdom of god is like the children the children have no ego the children are very authentic they are the undiluted face of god they just are existing just as the bird flies around just as the bacteria is everywhere just like the air molecules are doing their thing just like this tree is chilling the child is just being a human being a naive innocent human being manifested as a human being but a god manifested as a human being but unfortunately as they get older we corrupt them and try to put out these social constructs to kill that natural essence of god that naturally manifest from that child right but in reality god was already naturally manifested from the kid and in order for you to be one with god you have to do what you did as a kid just be let the spirit of god that is within you already it lives inside of you let it come through after all your body is a temple of god and if your body is a temple of god that tells me that god resides inside of you so you don't have to conjure anyone in order for you to get into your body that is the temple of god like it doesn't make any sense it's sort of like you live in a house and then you have to walk out of your house to ask for permission for, for you to get back into your house it doesn't make any sense right and I think one of the people that drove it home is Mr. Eckhart Tolle. One of the interesting things that he talked about in his book, The Power of Now, is he talked about the distinction between Jesus, Jesus and Christ. There's a difference between Jesus and Christ. Jesus, or Yeshua, I think that's actually the real name. Jesus is later a construct because something about the J language, the J alphabet was not a, one of the original letters of the hebrew or whatever it is yeah but yeshua is just a human being flesh and meat whatever but christ represents the god inside of you right but just like eckhart tolle talks about don't get too hung up on the words because words are signposts there are so many ways to describe this god words are just are laughable attempts to make sense of the infinite so when you get so hung up on the words, you miss the essence of what you're actually trying to explain. So this Christ is called something different in different religions, but essentially it's the exact same thing. This Christ is God, essentially. This Christ is, I don't know, uh, spirit, is the Holy Spirit in, to certain people. Is, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm sure the Buddhists have their own version of what this Christ is, but it's essentially the exact same thing. It is a spirit of God inside of you. This is why Jesus said, in Christ, everyone is equal. In God, everyone is equal. There's no man or woman. There's no rich or poor. Everyone is equal in Christ. 
that is a distinction. So when you're worshiping Jesus, you're worshiping a human being. It's sort of like you, you know, like let's say someone is watching me right now and they think that, hey, Uche is making sense. And you start worshiping me, you're missing the point. The point is for me to light a fire inside of you because the Christ in me is speaking and touching the Christ in you. And as you light up and together we are unified in love and then you go on to light the same fire that is in everyone else. And by the time you know it, everyone is lit up. And together there is unism and love, which is basically the basic principle that Jesus came to bring to the world. Exactly. Divine love. And when we all operate on that love, which is what he came, that was his purpose, we are ready for the harvest of what's to come, the new earth. Does that make sense? But this is not something that is only... Spe specific and special to Jesus. This is something that you as an individual have the ability to do when you choose love and unity, which you can do. The ability to make choices is one of the greatest gifts and also one of the dangerous curses of humanity. Because you can, and because we have that distortion, a lot of people choose self service to self because of the ego. The ego tells you to choose you over others. But when you choose service to self, you limit yourself, you hurt yourself, and you hurt everyone else as well. Because together, you're stronger together. You're not meant to survive this world alone. We're meant to be here together. There's a reason why you have certain gifts that I don't have, and I have certain gifts that you don't have. Imagine if we work together. Your gift and my gift, and together we're gifted. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? The exact same thing. When we collectively love unconditionally, each other as ourselves as jesus said which we can do by tapping into that god or christ or essence or holy spirit or whatever it is that is inside of us we are winning three plus three is six but three times three is nine you're powerful with other people absolutely i love how you put that uche yes sir uche have you seen or been a part of any miracles how big or how small in your personal life um, or just maybe even like epiphany moments through like lighting a fire through conversations like you just talked about. Can you describe one of those moments? Yep. I see miracles every day, literally every day. A lot of people, people miss it because they're looking for to see someone walk on water before they can say it's a miracle. But there's miracles everywhere. There, there are people performing miracles every day. Both of us were performing miracles right now by healing each other. Do you know how much I've healed just by knowing you? Do you know how much you've healed just by knowing me? And you can even go take this even deeper, right? Um, there are certain people when you're around them, they just exude so much peace because they're operating on a higher vibration. This vibration is probably not, definitely not as high as Jesus, but on that spectrum of vibration, they're much higher than the average person. When you're around them, you just, you don't know what it is. But you just feel at home. You feel at peace. You don't know what it is. Believe it or not, you may not necessarily be conscious of this because you're limited and you understand as a human being. You probably have cancer cells in your body that will probably start becoming in remission, if, you know, if that makes sense, because of this positive light that radiates from this person. There's even studies of people who live with plants, who are always in nature, or who have pets to be able to heal much quicker. Your pets can detect cancer or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, just having that affinity towards nature because everything else apart from humans operates on a much higher vibration because they are just as God made them. 
But because we have the ability to choose, a lot of times we choose to not vibrate in a higher um, vibration because of the ego. But every time you operate in a higher vibration, you heal yourself, you heal that original sin, you heal people around you, and that is a miracle. This is why Jesus said that you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before man that they may see your Father in heaven glorify him. You heal. You can even see this in people. Like, I don't know how to explain it. There are people that you you meet just the way they smile at you. They heal a certain, certain part of you just by the way they say thank you. You know, like especially when you, don't even, when you didn't even expect it. You know, it could be somebody who is very attractive and you compliment them and they comp confidently and humbly say thank you. You get surprised like, oh, wow, I don't even think someone this hot would even notice someone like me. You heal a part of that person's brokenness. You know, it could be a nurse who is very, very patient with a patient with a patient. You know what I mean? You heal that patient a little bit more. So there are different spectrums of healing, but I don't think most people would ever get to the level of healing that Jesus because that is there is a direct correlationship based on enlightenment and higher vibration because Jesus is probably I want to say definitely the only human who has ever walked the earth to operate on that level of vibration he is probably the only human who is, has the ability to heal at that extent that be gone and whatever it is that he's healing is gone, right? But the interesting thing, though, of how Jesus heals is that he's not the one healing it, per se. You're actually the one healing yourself. He just lights something inside of you, but you have to believe it first. Do you want to get healed? You have to want to get yeah. healed. And you right could relate there, that to a study on cancer, right? I think they've done a study before where they had two different groups. The first group they went... Do you want to be healed from cancer? Like, are you going to work towards doing it? And the second one, they went like, do you want to be healed towards it? Right. And first group says yes. Second one says no. Track the progress over significant sample size and time frame. Uh, the one that says yes, the one that believes that they can be healed has a higher probability of being healed, which I think backs that up right there. The people that came to Jesus to ask for healing, they believed in him so much that they left what they were doing at that time, spent a lot of their money to go find him and ask humbly to be healed. And Jesus recognized their pure heart in that and thus uh, performed a miracle on them. Um, and, and then also something inside of those people recognize the light in Jesus because the light in Jesus is so bright, so, so bright. It's too noticeable. Like it's too hard to not notice. You know what I mean? Like everyone walks around with some type of light, some people higher than others. But Jesus, if Jesus was to walk into this room right now or this place, it would be too noticeable. Mm -hmm. Even the nature will curve around him because of how strong his light is. So that light recognizes the light inside of you and the light inside of you recognizes the light inside of, inside of Jesus. And right there and then there's connection, like a deeper connection. And through that, you tap into infinite, infinity within you. And that, that infinity within you is infinite power that can heal anything. It can fix any finite discrepancy on your body, you know, as a finite being. It will heal all of that. But you have to believe that it will. Like, open up that portal mm -hmm. with the help of Jesus' light in front of you. So he's not the one healing, per se. His presence is triggering it. But this is my point is this is not something that you're not necessarily able to do, probably not at the extent that Jesus is able to do it. Though. It takes both parties and exactly. a lot of training. In the law of one, Ra talks about Jesus. 
<coughs> Ra says Jesus was a wanderer who came from the highest octave of the fourth density, that of love. We're in the third, that of choice. Jesus came back here to show humans a pathway for salvation to become one with the Creator, to learn the lessons uh, by showing an example of true love and light. Ra also says Jesus, when he was very young, had an altercation with another child on a playground, touched him, and harmed him fatally. At this point, Jesus realized he had magical powers that he didn't know where they came from. And he learned a lesson that he didn't want to do that to anyone else again. And so he had to learn to contain his powers and control them uh, in a positive, loving way. But Jesus killed someone. Whoa, that's the headline, right? <laughs> I don't believe it, of course. Like, you don't have to believe it, just like any possibility in life. But it gives us a little more background and hint as to why Jesus became the way that he was. So very driven from an early age to go out talk to the Pharisees, talk to the, the Jewish leaders to yeah. understand the faith um, from that social cognitive level and then be able to apply his magic of deeper understanding that he came with coming back to earth for us humans to show us that love light. To be able to understand the social memory complex at the time of the year and be able to identify the distortion in there shine light on the distortion through his actions so that others may follow him mm -hmm. to be with one with the creator okay so i'm reading the book the law of one with you as well just like i told you when you recommended that book I, i'm gonna read it with discernment you know um because i'm very picky what i get into my head there's all kinds of nonsensical the ego is too smart like you should be like you should be right um but I can see to a certain extent, you know, like, okay, according to the law of one, Jesus chose to come back um, into this density as a human being to show us the way, you know, through love. I can see how that ties into the Bible. According to the Bible, uh, the very famous John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he chose his only begotten son, that whomsoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life or everlasting life. So, which means, according to the Bible, that God chose Jesus. Like, hey, you got to go, you know, type of situation. But, according to the raw material, Jesus chose to come back. But, you know, he said, I and my Father are one. So, God and Jesus is one. And as we know, our definition of God is different from the Christian or most people's definition of God. God is not a being that is different from humans. God is totality of all. And of course, when you operate at a higher enlightenment and vibration, you know, especially beyond the realm of humanity, you even tap into that infinity and you see you yourself as God and God as you. So Jesus choosing to come back will be equivalent to God saying to come back because there's a very obvious necessity for you to come back, if that makes sense. Hence why he chose to come back, which, yes, him choosing to come back and God telling him to come back is basically one and the same if that makes sense but let's go with the um, the raw one now you know because most people that is probably a bit too spiritual and too deep for most people to grasp so let me try to break it down in layman's um, language so let's go with the raw material jesus choosing to come back as, as a human being to show us the way this is according to Ra, is uh is a very brave move 
because of the curse of what what did he say? The curse of erasure. Right? When you're a human being, you don't remember your past soul experiences, which is the veil. Yeah. So there is a veil, right? This is why as a human being you don't know anything about before you were born and you have no idea of anything after you're dead. And no one who has ever died has ever come back to say, Hey, this is what it was, you know. Or babies can't even explain to you, yo, if you saw where I was at, you know, that kind of situation. So we're just kind of here floating on this planet that flows into a possibly infinite universe. So this is a curse of veil of forgetfulness. And Jesus choosing to come back to this realm understood that this is a brave thing to do because he can get lost and caught up in that as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a possibility for him to choose to come back here, which you're demoting yourself as a human being. As a spiritual being, yeah. Yeah, from a spiritual being to a fallible human being that, you know, gets sick and all of that, you know. Um, And you come here, there's a possibility that you get affected by the same ego and you perpetuate the same malarkey. So the way I look at it is Jesus went through a master's program, top of the class, and is about to graduate into a Ph.D. program. But he chose to not just repeat a master's program, but go back to a four year university to be a student, to help out with his mates, to help them out, to graduate to a master's. And then after he's done, he just goes to a PhD. So he just kind of like slowed things down a little bit to kind of help people out. In service to others, yeah. Because of the great compassion and love that he has in service to others, right? But the danger of this, though, is that when Jesus goes back to a bachelor's, even though that he graduated with a master's 4.0 from, I don't know, Harvard, for example, top of the class, right? He will forget that. And he will have to figure it all out by himself. There's a possibility that when he forgets that, he becomes so, I don't want to use the word dumb, but like so forgetful that he becomes the same people that he came to save and he gets lost in the world. So it is basically a huge risk that he took. But he still did it because he understands that God is with them, you know, as in the universe, everything. And according to uh, Ra, he said that uh, it had to be approved. So and by being approved, it had to be approved by God and God is everything. So the universe warped itself to accommodate that and everything about his perfect and necessary being begun just like yours this is basically the 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 premise of everything i'm trying to explain to people that your existence as a human being is so perfect so precise and so necessary you need to tap into that because the universe has warped itself for you to be here if not you will not be here you have a reason to be here. You have a reason to there be here. There is purpose. You got to figure uni- it out. The universe will warp itself to accommodate you so you can fulfill that purpose. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus, hence why it was approved. Yeah. And now he came as a human being. So when he came as a human being, he came in the exact same way, just like everybody comes as a human being. He went through the motions of being born, crawling, diapers, you know, potty training and all kinds of stuff that is specific to him as Jesus, which yours is different from mine and all of that, right? Um, And as a child, all of us, well, I don't want to say all of us. I know for sure I've always had that inclination for there's got to be more than this. And I think Jesus is one of those people that always felt that there's got to be more than this, right? But he didn't really know what it was because of that veil or that curse of veil or forgetfulness. But there was always something deep inside of him that's like, yo, there's got to be more to this. But, hey, he was going through the motion just like everyone else. But unfortunately, 
he forgot and he was perpetuating the malarkey in the world okay now this is my philosophy a lot of christians will have a problem with this i've always believed this is a long time ago since i was a teenager i've always believed that jesus is not the cute adorable person that the media tries to portray you know super fair and so calm and you know kumbaya i think jesus was not for the faint of hearts i think he was very i want to say borderline aggressive as a kid i think he was very assertive i think he was very stubborn he was that dude can't tell him anything i think he was actually high on ego in my opinion i think he was very disruptive and i've always believed this ever since i was a kid i've always believed that jesus's childhood was so terrible that it was wiped from the bible I think there are pockets where, you know, the Bible kind of talked about Jesus' childhood that, you know, when he was 12 or 13, he went to the synagogue to ask and whatever. He stood out by all the questions. He stood out automatically just by asking certain questions, you know. That is a mind of a seeker, okay? I can even relate to that to a certain extent. And there is a lot of people probably watching this who can also relate to that as well. Um, that is a natural mind of a seeker, someone who, like, there's got to be more and is set out to find out why 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 exactly but and it's fun to ask why but i've always felt it even as a teenager that jesus's childhood was so rough that it was scrapped from the bible because you can only sugarcoat so much i think there's a lot of jesus's story that was sugarcoated in the bible and if you read it through discernment you can kind of get the concrete truth and deal away with with the sugarcoating but whatever it is that happened in jesus's life was so terrible you cannot sugarcoat it that it was just completely wiped. And it was really interesting when I was reading this Law of One, I, I believe about a week ago, that they talked about how Jesus killed someone and it would make sense. Now, I'm not saying that I agree with the book, but I can see how whoever wrote the Bible could scrap that. How can you sugarcoat that the Son of God that everyone worships killed someone? How can you? You just scrap it, Right? And I think that was the beginning of his enlightenment. And it follows the same pattern in Ecotoli, and a lot of spiritual teachers have talked about that, how pain is, is, is one of the, the greatest transmuters. If you are able to transmute your pain, like severe pain, you can become enlightened as a result. There are a couple of people in the Bible, I believe Saul or Paul, I forgot who it is, that was transmuted, transmuted their pain into enlightenment, right? And it's actually a beautiful thing. Like, it's a natural process in the becoming of one with God to be in pain. And even in Matthew 24, when Jesus talked about the end of times, he talks about how the, the new earth will only come after darkness will befall the earth. He talked about how the sun would darken, the moon would darken, darken, and even talk about how it would be such a terrible time to be pregnant or nursing or something like that. He was talking about the, the same pattern of extreme pain that would birth something beautiful and some, something new I think that that pain that he went through if we're going with the raw material of killing someone jerked him up to something more and it was I, the way I would like to describe it is I feel like something inside of him deep inside of him told him this is not you this is not you dude this is not you and I can say this for myself I've gone through that myself there are certain things, and this is the Spirit of God, by the way. This is what this, the Holy Spirit is. I've done certain things. I've said certain things. I've been to certain places. 
that the spirit of God tells me, Uche, this is not you. This is not you. And right there and then I feel extreme shame because I know it's true. This is not me. But who am I? And I think whatever it is that happened to Jesus was so profound that it left a permanent indent in his life that he begins he began to seek who am I? And I think that's when he started looking for who he is. I think the advantage that Jesus has over a lot of people is that this jerk up moment happened when he was very young. I think for a lot of people it happens when they get older. Yeah, I think it happens for most people when they were in their 40s, actually. A lot of people go through that in their 40s, 50s, you know, when they go through midlife crisis. But Jesus was truly blessed to have gone through that. I wouldn't even say in the single digits. That is old. That is transformative and it became a set precedence for something else and he because he was just he's very intelligent he's very logical he's very he's the boss that side of him that all of that energy that he probably used to put into all kinds of nefarious things that he was doing when he was clouded and distortion he started challenging that energy to find in himself this is why he was going to the synagogues he was asking questions and i think Either the Bible said this or the law of one said something along that he left his house at 13 and came back at 25. Yeah, yeah, the law of one talks about how he traveled the world. He traveled the world, and seeking he for himself. seeked all the different religious, spiritual, philosophical thought. Uh, the Buddhist monks. Um, so my understanding, my understanding of that is searching himself in the world and with his spirit of discernment and the spirit of God inside of him, he saw the bigger picture and it was too obvious yeah it was way too obvious why he's here so i have gone through that myself you know i've kind of talked about my childhood my pain and some of the things right and how the universe has kind of unraveled especially with what i'm doing right now not just talking about spirituality but also talking about lgbtq rights and things like that i see a bigger picture and i'm so grateful for my pain you know, objectively, pain is not right, but it is a necessary process of becoming, just like it is necessary for um, what has to happen for a diamond to come, you know, that pressure in carbon for diamond to become a diamond. You know what I mean? It is the necessary order of this reality. So I'm grateful for it nonetheless. But as a result, I've tapped into something much deeper. And now as Uche, it's become too obvious, like, dude, this is why you're here. This is why you're here. This is, you see a bigger picture. You see what's wrong to a certain extent. What are you going to do, do about it? My whole purpose is not to disrespect Christians, but to explain to Christians that Jesus is a man just like me and you. He didn't do anything special that you cannot do. He was able to, of course, he was able to tap into a higher vibration frequency because at a really young age, he started paying attention to patterns. But this is not something that is impossible for you to do. He didn't do anything special that you cannot do. You know, you can do the exact same thing just like Jesus was able to do. If you are able to follow the exact same principles, this is why he has come. He said that he came to show you the way. He came in your own physicality, brought himself down with humility to show you the way. And he came in the complete opposite of everything that he knows that the world worships. The world worships white supremacy. He was not a white man. His skin was dark as bronze. He was not attractive. His hair was wooly. 
Um, his face was marked and he was without beauty. He came in the complete opposite. He was born to a carpenter, a poor person. He was a nobody. He was just doing his thing. He was just a nobody. This is also going back to that pattern. This is also why I believe that Jesus was queer. I, I think that it would make sense for Jesus to be a woman or queer, but I think he strategically came as a man because he knows that people are more likely to listen to him as a man. But I think he was queer because he came to show you the way in humility, in humility and simplicity in being as God intended you to be. Then you start to see the patterns. Then you start to see how you fit into the world. And now, when you tap into that infinite power, infinite knowledge, infinite, infinite pattern, it's more so now, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to harness power and strength from within as God has brought you forth to serve others? Or are you going to be comfortable in service to self? And if you choose the latter, service to self, you have failed because the ego has gotten to you. If you guys think we're wrong and you want to challenge us on any opinions, please drop a comment. We'll answer the top comment down below in the next video. As for always, serve others or yourself. Of course. Figure it out. We'll all get to the same place eventually. All love. See ya. And just know that me saying that I recognize some of the patterns, just realize that I have just barely begun to scratch the surface of this pattern. This pattern is infinite. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. You should do your own research. Use your own thoughts. Do your own research. Read. Mandelbrot set. If you want to see an infinite pattern, check out Mandelbrot set on YouTube. Okay. I'll definitely put put a link down below for anyone who, who has never heard about it, about that. But yeah, do your own research and find how you fit into that infinite power. But always, whatever you do needs to be unifying in love. If it is not unified in love, you're already failing. Because the ego is so smart, it's going to wrap itself around you to self-sabotage, service to self. And it comes so cleverly, you can almost not smell it coming. So you have to be awake at all times. If not, you fail. Anyway, this is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for your continued support. If you are new here, please download, share with your friends and family. If you're watching on YouTube for the first time, subscribe, hit that bell notification, give a thumbs up, share with your friends and family, please. Uh, bottom right hand corner. And thank you so much. We finally got to a thousand subscribers. I really do appreciate it. Follow on social media, LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter at LTAU with Uche. Instagram is UC underscore images. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, thank you. I really do appreciate every single one of your supports. Thank you. If you have any concerns, any questions, if you don't even agree with anything that we've shared so far, basically me saying all these things, if you don't agree with me, please type your comments down below. I like to read people's comments. We are here to learn and teach. If you want to challenge what I have to say, please let me know. You know, you can be the catalyst that I need in order for me to even recognize a bigger pattern of that infinite pattern. You never know. This is why we're here. Learn and teach, right? Thank you so much for your continued support. Until next time. Peace. <laughs>